Welcome to The Power Podcast. I'm your host, Malia Warner, here to empower you with the knowledge and energy you need to break through barriers and move out of the ruts of old habits in order to move forward toward your best life. Our 2020 theme is Power Perspective. These episodes are designed to help you gain greater clarity and direction by seeing life in a new way. Today is episode 92, Three Ways to Use Comparison for Good, with special guest Renee Vidor. Hi friends, glad you are here. Today is a super perspective-changing episode all about comparison which we all do. It's our natural human tendency to compare ourselves to others. Babies imitate facial expressions and copy gestures and sounds. This is how we figure out how to be human. But we all know the feeling when this natural instinct to compare and copy leads us to feeling either superior or inferior to others. One of the best books I have read with helpful tools for turning comparison for our good is the book Measuring Up by Renee Vidor. And so you can imagine how ecstatic I was when Renee agreed to visit Magpie Chat this week and teach us her WIN, her W-I-N system for turning comparison into confidence rather than competition. And speaking about comparison, I'm taking a lesson from Renee right now and learning by comparison that audio really is much better with an external microphone. You will be able to hear that she uses an external mic for our Zoom interview and I'm using the built-in mic from my computer because I just haven't taken the time to rig my nice podcast mic into my Facebook Live setup. But you'll hear the difference in audio quality, which is okay. We do the best we can. And after hearing the comparison, I am applying the WIN system to weigh the cost of upgrading my audio and asking the I if doing that fits into my identity and my core purpose and N, navigate the journey. And I've decided that yes, it does fit into my personal costs and identity and my journey to go ahead and take some time this week to connect the microphone that I already have to my Facebook Live setup and improve the audio quality because that is important to me to give the best quality that I can within my resources and time, which I believe I have this week. So this is an example, and it will make sense as you hear the rest of the interview, of a way that I'm using comparison to improve my life, to gain inspiration and ideas for a way to make something a little better, because I've decided that it does fit into my time and cost and identity and purpose, and because it's something that I value and that I want to do, not because I feel less than or I feel the need to be more than, or better than, or superior to. So I just wanted to share that personal application that I took away from our interview, and I'm excited for you to hear Renee's WIN system and some great examples for how you can use WIN to use comparison as a way to gain confidence and improve your life in a healthy and good way, while also celebrating the wins of others. I'm excited to present for you Renee Vador, author of Measuring Up, and her WIN system, 
three ways to use comparison for good. Welcome everyone to Magpie Chat. I'm your host, Malia Warner. And today I have a really special guest all the way here from the Columbus, Ohio area. Her name is Renee Vidor. And she is a comparison expert and has literally written the book on comparison. And since that's the theme from chapter 18, I am so excited. When I read her book, I just had so many aha moments. And it was like, if I had written Lies of Magwai to be the self-help version instead of, you know, just a story, this is what I would have hoped to have been able to say, but she said it so well. And so I'm so glad that she graciously accepted to come on Magpie Chat today and teach us about comparison. So Renee, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited because I think that every single woman has a story and reading through some of your story in Lies of a Magpie also lets me know that, yep, we're on the same wavelength. We all have this comparison thing to deal with. So I'm excited to chat about that with you. And I just want to tell you that our intent today is not to make us feel guilty that we compare ourselves because we all do it. And it's a very natural human thing. And it's actually can be really helpful for us. And that's one of the things I really liked about how Renee wrote. She talks about how comparison is helpful to us when we have the right mindset about it. And so the goal for today is to talk about and just take notice of how our minds naturally go into comparison mode and how we can be mindful of that and use it to help us to feel better and to grow and support each other rather than feeling awful and less than and the things that we usually end up doing. I'm going to save the the little background chapter for um, um, a bit later and have Renee start us off by just telling us a little bit your story and how you came to become a comparison expert and write the book on comparison. Sure. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. And thanks for everybody down in the comments. If you would go ahead and let us know if you feel like you are a comparaholic. Because honestly, I didn't know I was. So being in that awareness state is huge. My story goes back, of course, all of our stories go back really far. But I will start when I was a young, maybe 20 something or so just before I got married, I felt like I was very confident. I didn't really have that whole thought of ever comparing myself to others. It was just, no, I am who I am. And something kind of seemed to click when I got married, had my first child at 21 and life was completely different. I started seeing myself differently. I had these roles. I had these, these personas I was putting on. I was young for being a mom. And people in my area were normally a decade older than me. I started to feel like I was less than. My husband worked a lot at the time and kind of a workaholic. So I felt like I was always trying to please, trying to get him home, trying to figure out ways that I could measure up. I took everything personally. It was about me. And that story kind of trickled on for quite some time. 
It wasn't until more recently in the last, I'm 37 now. So in the last probably eight years or so that I recognized I had an issue that it was creeping into all facets of my life and my friendships, my business life, my marriage, my kids, everything. And so when I had the opportunity to write a book and was asked what I would write it on, I knew that last six months, I could not stop thinking about the word comparison. And I'd come a long way from then, but I didn't really know how to put it into words. So that's what, and I'm sure you found Malia with, with Lives of the Magpie. That's what writing a book did for me was put it all into a format, into words so that I knew how I could help others. That's kind of the journey I took with becoming more experienced in sharing how to, and teaching others how to be able to overcome comparison in their life. And I love how you put it into the triple A. There are three areas that we tend to compare. And will you explain that for us? Yes, absolutely. There are three areas that I put them into. You can see however you want to, but I see them as assets. Those assets would be things like the house we live in, the microphone that we have or don't have. It might be our clothing, our jewelry, And those are the tangible assets. There are also intangible assets. Those are going to be things like your relationships, your health. You know, ever compare your health? Ever have someone say, oh, it's such a great chipper day and you're struggling with depression? You know, those things are intangible assets. So true. Isn't it? I mean, I've, I've read some of your book and I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. It's we compare ourselves to others based off of how we feel many times. We also have the roadblock of appearances. That was my trip all the time. And still something I have to watch out for. I would see somebody else and think, oh my gosh, they look so much better. And if only I could look that good as that Instagram fitness model, what with filters and all, right? (laughs) That one's pretty self-explanatory. And lastly, our achievements. What about those achievements? Are we so stuck on? Well, it's like our alphabet soup at the end of our name, you know, like I'm just a mom or I'm (laughs) just, where does that come from? So many different things that we look at and we have plaques or we don't have plaques. We have those people that are um, highly esteemed. And then others of us who feel like, Hey, we never get the accolades. So the achievements, I mean, that was definitely my theme for Liza the Magpie is you call yourself a comparisonaholic. And I called myself an accomplishmentaholic Mm -hmm. that I got my work from the achievements and the awards and the, you know, report cards and those things. I want to touch on appearance because I think this is a big one. In chapter 18, I am two weeks postpartum, just had a baby two weeks ago. And we have my, my husband's company family summer retreat, which means that we're going to be around a swimming pool for several days, which anyone that's had a baby knows that's the last place you want to be. You're wearing more padding than, you know, the Kotex aisle at Walmart. Everything's leaking. But my kids want to be out of the pool. So I'm out of the pool and just comparing myself to all of the other gorgeous, flawless women that just look like they have it all together. And mostly, you know, when you've just had a baby, you just don't feel great anyway. Everything's still swollen and bleeding. And so it's it's not a healthy time to be comparing. And 
I just want to say that sometimes we compare ourselves against ourselves. And I think it's especially true when we've had a baby or when we're pregnant and our bodies don't feel great. And so we're even comparing ourselves against, you know, how times when we felt better and then we're missing that when you're pregnant and you're tired and you're just not able to do the things that you normally do in a day and you just start feeling really lousy about yourself because you don't have your normal energy. And so I think that comparison even against ourselves can be really harmful. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you say that you agree. There are so many people that I hear saying, we just need to compare ourselves against ourselves." Yeah. Yes. That's how you said it. And I, yeah. And I really, I don't, I feel like that is an accident waiting to happen because like you said, we have good days. We have bad days. We have good years and everyone keeps complaining about 2020 for some, that's a bad year. And if we are constantly comparing against just straight up ourselves and our past, we're going to run into a ditch. Yes. And we expect ourselves to be at 100% every day, which is not realistic, or even at 150%. Our energy wanes from day to day. Some days we feel great. You know, some days our bodies are, you know, a little more run down. I compare myself days that I have my makeup on and I'm all together and, and feeling great. And then days that I don't, I compare against the way I could look with makeup. And But we're different. We're different people from day to day. Sometimes we're all dolled up. Sometimes you just need to put on a pair of work pants. You know, you, you get her done clothes and you don't have makeup on and you're scrubbing the house or doing the yard work. So we're different people from day to day. And each season is its own purpose. So you have what's called the win system in the book, three ways to help us really recognize comparison and use it in a healthy way. Will you teach us your awesome win system? So everyone listening, this is what I really wanted Renee to come on and and teach for us today. Yes, I'd be happy to. And what's neat, even since writing the book, I found that this method works for just about every aspect of life. So take it as far as you want. But when it comes to comparison, we want to win. We want to be able to say, you know what? I got this. I win. I measure up. And that acronym actually came out of writing the book. And I realized this is what I've been doing all along for the last several years is I've been winning in this world of comparison with these three methods. So I'll share them real quick. I'm going to say them first, then I'll go back and give you a little bit of a highlight of them. W is weigh your cost. The I is innovate your identity. And the N is navigate your journey. So weighing your costs, when you realize that everybody compares and you realize that you're doing it too, like I said, awareness is, is a very good thing. You need to stop and think, okay, what is this doing in my life? How is this affecting me? How is it affecting other people? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Comparison isn't always negative. So what are the pros and cons pretty much? Let's do a little cost analysis of weighing your cost of comparison in your life quick little story for myself. There was a time where I was comparing so much that when a new person came in and another female, I would look and I'd be like, "Mm, she's intimidating to me. Therefore, I'm not going to start a relationship with her. I'm not going to go welcome her, which welcoming and connecting is one of my major parts of my identity. So I was shutting off parts of who I am just because of comparison. 
not healthy, not good, bad for other people, bad for business, bad for everything. So I needed to weigh that cost. And I realized comparison, mm, it's, it's not doing well for me. It does not look good. It's not working in this area. I really liked your story too. When you were talking about, you really wanted to have a successful business and you were comparing yourself to other women. And it looked like they were so successful in business. And so, you know, you're doing the hustle. And then I love how you said this, looking back to calculate the cost of comparison, I see some pretty big expenditures my family had to endure as I pursued the success that others in the company were having. Not only did I fail to appreciate my time with my little kiddos as much as I could, but my focus wasn't in the right place regarding my marriage either. The irony is that I was doing all of this to have more quality family time. Right? Weighing the cost that, you know, when, when we get comparing and then we're trying to be like something that we see without realizing how, what it's costing us. Exactly. And it is, you're right. It is so ironic when the very thing that we want, we're actually fighting against. So once you weigh your cost and you realize for yourself that you need to take control over comparison in your life, that it's, you don't want it driving the car of your life anymore. And you want to be the driver behind the wheel. Now, the next step is to innovate your identity. Now you might be thinking like, okay, I don't want to be a fake person. What do you mean by innovate? I'm not going to go change my identity. I can't just choose who I am, which is right. Because so often we are trying to play these roles and these scripts and perform what other people want of us or that we wish we were. But to innovate your identity means that you really extrapolate and you figure out what it is inside of you. Who are you? What are those deep rooted things about you? When you start to ask some other people, how do you see me? And make sure it's only trusted people and people that have your best in mind and that care about you. What are those qualities about me that you know I'm gifted in? You might find out from yourself that you do things all the time that you really don't enjoy doing, but you do them because you're good at them. Maybe that's not really part of your identity. It's a skill that you've added to yourself, which is not a bad thing. But what are those core parts of your being? For myself, when I started innovating my identity, I learned that I am a connector, like I stated earlier. I'm somebody who loves other people. I want to lift up other people. I want to be an includer. I love to include people. I also realized that I'm someone who is kind of sensitive at times. And so I need to be cautious about that and make sure that I'm not allowing my sensitivities to get in the way of how I act and how I treat other people. So there's a couple key tips I'm going to give you on innovating your identity. One is that oftentimes we're putting labels on ourselves. So we're putting all these things on ourselves that doesn't necessarily belong. For instance, it might be I'm pretty. It might be that I'm a perfect mom or a good mom or I've got it all together. All these labels that we put on ourselves can be detrimental. Other people put them on us as well. It can be good ones and bad ones. There are bad ones that come from our past as well. It could be from a family member or maybe a teacher that told you you were stupid. Who knows? Or a class clown. But those things that are stuck on us, we need to identify them first and then figure out, is that really who I am? 
is that really innately part of my identity or is that a label that I need to tear off right now? So that's key one. The second is that sometimes we actually need to put some things on because we have an identity that we're not fully living up to. I'd say most of us have that. There are so many things about us. We've never gotten to know ourselves completely. It doesn't matter for 37 or 87. There's still going to be parts of us that we get to keep learning about and growing in. So when you realize that you have maybe something that has been undeveloped and you haven't even tapped into it, but you've got a little bit of interest in it, or you know it's going to help you get to the next step, then I suggest that you start doing that. Look into it, invest in yourself in that area and find out, is that part of your identity? For myself, it was speaking. I was scared to death to be on stage. In fact, I hyperventilated when I was forced to be on stage for a 30-second interview. What do I do with that? Well, I decided that since I was in the gross part of my life that I was going to go and I went to Toastmasters, I learned how to grow in speaking. And above and beyond that, I learned that, you know what? I actually enjoy it. And I love using my voice to help others and to uplift others. So therefore, now I've been on stage of five or 600 business people speaking to people from all over the world. And I don't have any issues. No more hyperventilating. That was part of who I was but I didn't know it because I stuck around in fear. So don't be afraid to put on those, those parts of your identity and realize them that are important as well. So take some off, but add what's true to you. Exactly. Don't let other people dictate it. Before we go on to the end, this part about identity so struck me in the book when I think you've gone to a counselor or to a doctor and she told you, Renee, you are exhausted. Yes. You have got to stop performing. And you talk about in that section, realizing these scripts, you felt people had given you these scripts as if you were an actor on stage that you were just playing this part, saying the words, speaking the dialogue, going through the scenes for an an audience. And that so resonated with me because I felt that I had this team of invisible judges that are always grading me, always scoring me. And it's interesting. I think we get this in our head that people are watching us and, and grading us. And that you began to learn to stop performing. And one of my favorite things to say now is that life is not a performance. Life is about experience. We're just here to explore curiously and have adventures. And it doesn't matter if it looks good or not. The identity section was my favorite part. And it was the part that I wanted to spend the most time with here today. What you taught me and something that I've learned for myself with identity is you get on social media a lot. And that's a a hard place to be because you're seeing everybody else and it looks like they're doing so great or comparing numbers of followers or likes, you know, all of those things. And when I do that, that gets me feeling really down. But if I go back to what is it that I love? And for me, uh, my core identity is I love to teach. I love to share ideas. And so if I'll just tap into that and not worry about the likes or numbers, or if I know how to do Instagram stories or not, then I draw straight from that core identity as a teacher, as a, as a giver, as someone who wants to help. So thank you for your awesome lessons on innovating 
our identity, meaning really getting into the core of who we are and who we want to be and how we want to show up in the world. And then that's going to lead us to the last one, right? Navigating your journey. And by the way, Malia, you are a great teacher. I can tell you, you just have such a great flow about you. So kudos. Yes. Did you hear my doorbell? I did. I have a sign on the door that says recording in progress and the UPS man just rang the doorbell. So <laughs> doesn't apply to him. He <laughs> and, and someone's mowing their lawn across the street. And that's life, right? That's it's, like, it's like what you we said, do. it's an experience. <laughs> we are here to experience, not to have perfection because there we're is, not here to perform. Yeah. There's no perfect life. There's no perfect anything. So we can just rest assured and be confident in the fact that we're part of the imperfect audience. It's all good. All part of our journey. So when we are going on our journey and we now, you know, we've laid our costs. We know that we want to be in charge. We want to be in control of our car, right? And we want to innovate our identity, live in that innovated identity. We have it now. We've identified what identity we are going to live in. It's going to keep molding and growing, of course, but we have our innovative identity. Now we're going to navigate our journey. What that means is those are the behavior modifications that typically we start with first and we skip the other important stuff. So now we get to get into those. Actually, they can be kind of simple. Might be things like you said, Malia, maybe you need to put up signs. Not that they always work, but you realize this is an area that I compare. I'm not saying you do, but I compare myself on whether or not I have perfect Facebook lives. So if I'm doing that, I'm going to try to navigate my journey by making those things work. And if they don't, it's all good because I just did a good job anyway. It's also going to be managing your followers and your who you follow. I know for myself, when I was struggling with appearance, I needed to go in and unfollow some of the people I was following. They were great people, nothing wrong with them. However, I needed to do some work and I needed to just unfollow and not see all the appearances of those beautiful tan bodies. I even mentioned in the book where maybe navigating your journey for the season, if you're struggling with appearance, is not going to the beach vacation this year. Maybe this year you go to the mountains and ski instead, and that's okay. We don't have to shame ourselves for struggling with comparison. We can navigate our journey and continue to work behind the scenes on the areas of our identity of becoming more confident in who we are. You may have to make some big changes. Who you're hanging out with or the boundaries that you have set have not been strong enough. And as I always say, that's okay. Don't feel guilty about that. Don't shame yourself if there are some relationships that have been dragging you down and taking you into gossip when you're like, that's not the, that's not who I am. That's not where I want to be. It's leading me in the direction of comparison instead of uplifting others and believing in who I am. So making those changes is really about navigating our journey. So that's as far as we can get into the navigating the journey. So you all will just have to go to Amazon and pick up your copy of measuring up and learn more of the great tools and tips that Renee shares in there to help us use comparison in a healthy way. I think that the point is to not guilt ourselves when we find ourselves comparing because it's going to happen. We're going to naturally have comparing thoughts, but I really love how you talk about using comparison for inspiration. This is especially true for moms. Don't you think we don't go to school to learn how to be 
mothers. And so when you become a mother, you're watching the other moms, right? To figure out if you're doing it right, because we don't know those children don't come with instruction manuals. And so you don't know if you're doing it right. And so we naturally watch to learn from other humans to see if we're kind of getting it right or not, which can be a good thing as long as we can stay present in our own identity. So we can get ideas from other people for, oh, I like that. I think that's something good I want to incorporate in my life. And um, that's cool for them. Yeah, I'm not really into that. I loved a story that you shared, I think in the section on weighing the cost, or maybe it was an identity about a woman who was building a business and there was someone else that had been in the business about the same amount of time that she had who got asked to speak and travel. And she's like, I've been working just as hard as she has. How come I'm not getting asked to speak and travel? And you said to her, oh, would you like to travel? Would you like to speak? And she said, oh, actually, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> and I thought that was a great story that just because someone else is doing it, Maybe it's not even what we want. Right. <laughs> so I have to be that way with decorations. You know, if I get on Pinterest and everybody's doing these great Halloween decorations and I, I start to get a twinge of guilt and then I just have to go, yeah, decorating, that's, I'm okay with that. That's just not my thing. But it's taken a while to get to that point. And to add to that, I think that a way to combat that in a positive way, a way to navigate your journey with that is to celebrate. When you see those Pinterest oh, things, when you yes. see all of the the goodness that other people have or how moms are doing this and it's working for them. Maybe not my way, but you know what? That is so awesome. Great job. That's amazing. Or leave a nice post, but outwardly celebrate because it helps us to acknowledge those feelings and then not have to keep them on our, on ourselves. Oh, I love that. And that I don't have to do it all. I don't have to be good at everything. It's okay for someone else to be good at things and celebrate that they're good at that. I love it. I love that so much. So yeah, I think that was overall my biggest takeaway from the book was, you know, when you find ourselves comparing to do it in a way to get inspiration, be inspired by people, but not as a way to just feel really rotten about yourself. Okay, we better wrap up. So I hope you will remember this WIN acronym that you can win in comparison when you remember weigh your costs, you know, what you're fighting for. Do you really want it? Because everything has a cost. Everything has pros and cons. The I is stay anchored, innovate your identity, really come back to the core of who you are. And then the N, navigate your journey. Where is it that you really want your life to go and how you want to show up in the world? Renee, did we cover it? Barely. Oh gosh, you did a great job. You did amazing. And you are such a, a great recovering comparaholic with your sister. So I love it. It has been so fun. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, but the book is a great read. I can highly recommend it. Very well written. So please tell us about your winner circle and how people can find you and work with you. Oh, sure. I would love to work with anybody who wants to win in the world of comparison. And that would be going to bealifewinner.com. You can also find me on my main website at renevador.com or here on Facebook. Love to connect with any of you and other real authentic people who are following Malia because... I mean, that's what it's about. It's being authentic and choosing to... If you want to choose to win, then I'd love to have you. And they can find you at BeAlifeWinner.com. Fantastic. 
thank you for taking the time to come here and be here and share your wisdom with my audience. Let's all give a big thanks to Renee Vidor and check out Measuring Up How to Win in a Comparison World on Amazon. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Big thanks to Renee. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week, and I'll meet you back here for another great Magpie Chat next Thursday. This is Malia. So happy to have you here today. I hope this episode helps you to go forward this week and use comparison to find ideas and inspiration to improve yourself a little bit while also understanding that you are absolutely good enough. As always, be safe, stay healthy, and I will meet you back here next week for another great episode of The Power Podcast. Bye-bye, friends.